Welcome to Live Sense 8. I'm Sheila Applegate. And I'm Zach Hansen. And a special shout out to Justin Applegate for the composition of the Live Sense 8 podcast music. In this podcast, we dive deep into the concepts of consciousness and other interesting trivia in the Netflix original series, Sense8. We're doing an episode-by-episode exploration of how we can live a Sense8 life, and we're also talking with cast and crew and team members of Sense8 to hear the experience from their perspective. Enjoy the show. And this week's episode is brought to you by Divine Phoenix Books, books with a purpose for a positive change. And we'd like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Sinal Sa and Singendendlerinen. What's going on? In this segment, we talk about what's going on in the world of the Sense8 fandom. It's been an exciting week. The special episode, Love Conquers All, was released this week, which is pretty exciting. We have a very special bonus discussion with Michael Summers, who plays Bug, for all of our Sense8 Patreon subscribers. So if you support us through Patreon, or if you'd like to start supporting us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Live Sensate and check out the deep discussion that we had with Michael Summers about the episode and his experience in the final scene and a deep, very deep dive into the exploration of what that episode is all about. The I Am Also a Weekon, which is November 1st and 2nd in Berlin just launched its crowdfunding, and they are looking to raise 25,000 euros in order to make this con happen. And we are going to come together as a family, and we are going to help them make this happen. So today, we have Christina and Leah here to tell us all about it. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We're happy to have you here. So your campaign is now on its way and you're getting organized for the event that we know will happen because we're all going to come together and support (laughs) you in this. So can you tell us a little bit? In general, the whole event is focusing on the LGBTQ representation and diversity in general, things that um, Sense8 has transmitted so beautifully into the world. So day one, November 1st, we'll focus mainly on culture and literature and art so we are talking to artists at the moment who would like to show their work and discuss it and just talk about how reactions have been how they work their influences and the importance of representation of this community as well as very interesting authors and the second day we will focus on sensate so november 2nd will be our sensate day in berlin and you have Maximilian Ewalt scheduled along with others that I'm sure you're working towards presenting, correct? That's correct. We, um, we have already, 
we already have other guests confirmed, but uh, we want to keep it secret for now and let it be a surprise. Okay. <laughs> How many other guests do you have? Who knows? <laughs> I guess you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> so we'll be hearing more and more because we know some of the people in the Sensei cast and community and we know how much they love to show up for things like this. And especially because you are unique in that this is a grassroots inspiration that's coming from you. And also you're really focused on the community so tell us a little bit about what you're doing to help make this a very community-based and a way for people to interact with each other. So since Sensei is bringing people together, uh, which we thought we would like to be a part of that and, and help bring people together. So for people who are wanting to be a part of this convention and meet other people interested in the same sort of values that we are sort of trying to convey we will provide a guide, which you will get along with purchasing a ticket or selecting the perk, which includes the two-day pass, which will have information about Berlin, about locations where Sunset has been filmed, about um, interesting sort of locations to visit, like cafes and places to eat, maybe places to stay. So um, that's the one thing. And also people who will confirm that they're going by getting a pass by supporting the campaign. We'll also get access to a special Facebook group where you can already sort of meet people before the event will happen and make plans together to maybe even for accommodation or to how to get to the event or maybe people from Berlin will offer a couch to other people. We don't know yet what's going to happen, but basically everyone who will attend the convention will be able to go in that group and connect with people beforehand. So at the event, even if you're coming by yourself, you don't have to be afraid that you'll be lonely because this is about all about the community. Yay. Um. <laughs> it's awesome. It, Sorry. It, it very much reminds me of the energy of the way Lana set up and Karen set up the Chicago event and that, um, that coming together and we're all a family. I like that. So you are doing this because you want to do this, because you think it's important. This is probably one of the only nonprofit Sense8 cons that have been developed so far, correct? That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. Um, well, I think um, this whole extended global cluster has already done so many amazing things, uh, inspired by the fact that this show has brought us together and that this show, um, well, it's not just a show, that these stories well, just unite us in those amazing messages and values. So I think we are just part of this. We uh, got inspired as well. <laughs> and um, seeing how many things can be done in this community, we thought, well, maybe we can do this together as well. Like, you know, like the murals as well, mm -hmm. or many other things. And so um, it was just very important for us to, to make this nonprofit because but it's something that we are very passionate about and that we know that will bring people together and give people the opportunity to live sense eight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we like that. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people chomping at the bit for that. <laughs> so this is awesome. So everybody come along with us, get out your checkbooks, wallets, credit cards, <laughs> PayPal, <passports. laughs> 
dust off your couches so people can stay over. <laughs> Let's make this happen. I can feel my heart exploding and I know all of you are feeling it too. So Christina and Leah are going to tell you how you can donate and go over there. And if you can go to the con, great. If you just want to say, yes, we want Sensei to continue to impact the world. We want to donate even though we can't be there, just share your love and support them. So tell us the details so everyone can pour their love into the campaign. It's really easy. You can find the link to our Indiegogo campaign on all of our social media, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as of yet. Um, you just follow that link and it will take you to the campaign where you can select perks. So we, if you decide to support us just because... Uh, we will be forever thankful and grateful to you. But you can also get um, a two-day pass as a perk or you can just get um, merch like a T-shirt or a bag. Or there will be, we will be updating the campaign um, with more and more perks. So it's a good idea to keep checking back. So maybe what isn't a perk today might be one tomorrow. And also um, we will update the, the list of guests we are planning on having there as like contributors awesome great so everybody make sure you go to the fundraising and you share it out on all of your social media call up your friends tell them about it contribute when you can and keep going back for more information and leah and christina we'll have you back again too with updates Yes, thank we're you. excited. Thank you for having us again. Well, thank you for coming and thank yes. you for doing this. This is huge. It's <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. We're trying our best. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That was Christina and Leah from the at I am also a we con. That is their social media profile. So you can find them at I am also a we con where you'll be able to find a link to their indiegogo crowdfunding platform in which you can donate they need to raise 25,000 euros before august 6 2018 head on over there now and donate let's make this thing happen in this episode we're going to give you our first impressions of the special Love Conquers All. This is following the viewing that we had in Chicago. So we record ahead, and right now, while we're recording, it has not gone public yet. So we haven't been able to go back and to listen to it a second time and to catch all the nuances. But we did want to give you a first impression so that as soon as it goes live to the world that we can have this out for you. So we will be doing another episode in which we dive deeper into it. So keep that in mind. Also, we're going to include what happens next. Again, it hasn't occurred yet as we record. So understand this is just our perception at the time of the recording, there are tensions brewing among the fandom because this is a really emotional moment for people. And I've also heard people having seen it, not sure where to go next. And, and a lot of people have spent a good part of the year leading up to this time. So stay tuned 
after we talk about our perceptions of the episode, we're going to give you our take on what's the best way to move forward or how we are going to move forward with our sensate love. All right. So this episode, Love Conquers All, I'm not going to butcher the name because I would, aired on June 8th, 2018. It was written by Alexander Heman, David Mitchell, and Lana Wachowski. All right. So to continue with my little preamble here, remember, we watched it in the theater in Chicago after meeting all the amazing cast and crew. I know I was swirling. For me, I have to be honest here. It took me about 20 minutes before I could actually start watching the, the movie, the show. I really, I was watching it, and but I was just really relishing the time I had just spent meeting everybody. So it was really hard for me to focus on the show because I was so excited to meet awesome people. And I knew that I could just go watch it on Netflix. So it wasn't, that wasn't my main agenda, but it was awesome to get to watch it with a bunch of fans. There was nothing else like that, that's for sure. Yeah, and there was lots of roaring applause, which means you miss things. Whips and woo-haws. And, and laughter, and and the acoustics weren't the most perfect. It wasn't like sitting at home, listening quietly. But, and on top of it, I'm actually still trying to remember what we met i'm i'm realizing like the the whole event is coming back like a dream comes back like i think i was spending so much time in the higher realms that i or there was just such an overload of the magic there it was palpable like yeah. it, you could it was in the air you could feel if you're sensitive enough you right. could feel the the gratitude the emotions the love so the, all the energy built up inside the VIP room, and then we just amplified it when we threw all the other fans inside. Like there was this for me anyway. I could just feel the the thickness of the air above the audience. Yeah. So having said that, but then now, like as you and I talk about it, Zach, we start to remember more. And when we first, I know this is a ongoing joke now when we first thought well let's do one just of our initial take for everyone so we can have it available right after june 8th zach said i don't have anything to say and i'm like i don't really either because i didn't know i remembered so much but once we started dialoguing i actually remember more not nearly as what we want to do so we'll be back okay now let's dive in so for me and i i don't know what started first. It probably didn't start first with this, but in my sequence of memory, we've got Wolfgang's history um, with the explanation and some of the background that happened with his mom. And they did a lot of real estate when we're talking time of the two and a half hour. They really took quite a bit of time with Wolfgang's backstory. So that's important. I did think it was important because they really touched on a belief system that I think most human beings really have to um, overcome if they can, right? And this was self-worthiness. Mm -hmm. And that's that I kind of understood why it was so important to um, 
not just Wolfgang's arc, but what we what will we deal with as human beings in not feeling worthy of love? That's true. I think the whole there's so many layers for this. For me, it, I was like, oh wow, because I had actually spent the last two weeks leading up to it in this imaginative exploration of Wolfgang and his childhood and what would Wolfgang have been like had his mother been able to get him to a safer state or something. So when that came on, there's a couple things in my head. It's like, oh, who was I in telepathic conversation with that that was coming up for me? And then also, yeah, this really is important. So I think worthiness is huge, and we see that carried on through the generation. I also think, and people have said, like, how was everyone so accepting of each other in the cluster with such diverse background? And the dialogue, I think that was a conversation on Twitter, and the dialogue really goes, went in the direction, and this is what I believe is, when you know a person's soul and their so by connecting you have access to all their memories and yeah you have a shared experience so you have that experiential knowledge right that and, understanding that you've been through this even though it wasn't you physically right and i think when you really understand someone from their own perspective their behaviors make a lot more sense so like for me in my life the one I call my twin flame, we grew up, I mean, that was kind of a Wolfgang Kala type thing. We grew up in really, really different backgrounds. And he had tremendous abuse and went down and and did things that would never have been in my realm of consciousness. But there wasn't judgment on my part because I understood everything he had been through. And because I knew him on a soul level, it made sense to me. And I think that it's important to understand the cluster did that, but then when we relate it to the world, if we take time to get to know other cultures, worldviews, and see people within the groups, then we will come together more and we'll have less judgment. I think the 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 writers really touch on this a lot. We talked about, you know, Jonas Kenning being a great character. And there's we're not trying to demonize people and we're trying to see multiple sides of characters and this concept that we have in in culture around the world this right and wrong is just this black and white paradigm that really isn't it's not really serving us very well anymore so when you break into somebody's personal experience and why they chose everybody's doing the best they can Mm -hmm. if they could do better they would do better when they can do better they will do better that was a quote from Sheila Applegate. <laughs> and it, it's so true. You know, how many experiences that I've had, like, oh, man, I would make a better choice next time. Right. You know, and so it's not we just do the best we can with what we have and our intention. And many times, you know, these they might be for our own survival or thinks how we need to protect ourselves. Right. And, and we talked about fear being a form of self-love. And what we need to do. And Wolfgang's a great example of that, especially when he walks into the mansion and guns everybody down, who happens to be his family, you know. <laughs> so that's not an easy decision. But when we can have that shared experience with another person and really get into 
their understanding of how they need to be. It's not about right and wrong. Right. And when you think about, so we go from the worthiness or unworthiness to the cluster saving him and choosing to support him and help him. Him clearing himself from that life, that really opens him up to receive the love that Kala and Rajan end up giving him, right? Because think about that. If we didn't see him clear that unworthiness, that triad would not have gone so smoothly. Right, or him being saved by the whole cluster. Right. Like, does that whole experience could have been totally different and self-destructive and cause a discord because right. of Wolf King's reaction instead of accepting, rejecting, and, and remorse? and Yeah, so that's really powerful. Plus, if Kala died during that, like, he'd feel totally terrible because he wasn't worthy and now his love died because she was trying to save him. I mean, it just, just could have gone just so many different the ways. Kala dying thing. That was awesome. <laughs> like, there's so much awesomeness in this. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, that was so fun to... I mean, and Lana talking afterwards, she played with this and in the writer's room. I know that, you know, it's a whole team of people, but the playing with what... So one of the brilliant aspects that I love about Sense8 and this whole adventure is Lana and the team using it as this tapestry to stretch boundaries, not just with a storyline, but with storytelling in general. And so to cut the cookie-cutter expectations that entertainment has fallen into. And we know that because when we we started with our story and we were going to write it as a novel and then we switched over and started working with a screenwriter and it was getting butchered because of the, the, the formula, the formula you need in order to get that onto the big screen. So what I love is this playground that Lana has to explore and push boundaries like the death and then, and then, her saving herself from the... That was very, very funny. And it's awesome because yeah. you can. And that's, I know it's sci-fi, but to me, it's real life. Like, you, when you leave your body, you're in those realms that they're communicating with anyway. So it's perfect logic that she could tell them what to do. So Going back to <laughs> morality and crossing borders, uh, Wolfgang, when he finds out his mom is his sister and he still loves her as a mom. That, yeah, that, that, wasn't that was, even, it wasn't an issue for him, except for maybe to have more compassion and understand why she couldn't fight. I mean, it explained her more. And that's a, I think that's a very unique situation that they brought to the screen. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe not as unique as we think it is, but definitely right. not spoken unique about. for the screen? Yes. Yeah. Which makes me think, Sheila, that it might not have been too far off in your 
um, speculation about Caffius there you go. and Zakia <laughs> that became lovers and found out that they were a brother and sister. So I think I think that's totally in the realm of possibility after seeing that scene. Thank you. You're welcome. Brilliant minds think alike. <laughs> they do. So then there's the cluster coming together. And to me, this was fascinating. We've talked about that before. A lot of my work in the past 20 years has been, again, it's the twin flame thing that brings people. That's the language that tend to bring people, but deep, deep soul connections that people don't know what to do with, which closely relate to the cluster. So a lot of people have come to me because the relationships can be very tumultuous. Yeah, turbulent. Turbulent on earth and in all relationships, regardless of the depth of soul connection, my conviction has been to try to help people understand that the most successful relationships are when you focus from the top down. So you establish that soul communication, the unearthly, un, not beyond the physical, and then you bring it in and you try to figure out how to navigate that in the physical. Our society tends to do the opposite. We meet someone, they meet our physical needs, we get married, and then we expect this deep soul relationship to open up once we create that structure. It's often, it's actually the opposite. So that's just my prerequisite to say, having worked with a lot of people, I know how chaotic it can be when deep, deep soul connections come together and try to navigate the physical world. It's not easy. And so I was actually looking forward to that exploration throughout the seasons. And we really didn't get to see it because Riley and Will were together, but he was mostly, I mean, they were not focusing on the the non-physical. He was on the blockers or the heroin and they just kind of mostly moved into a physical world relationship with each other. And then when they could continue to work with a cluster. So having come together, I know I'm going on a long one, but I want to. So having come together and gotten to know each other so well in the non-physical, there would still be an adjustment in the physical because now your personalities your everyday desires and needs get in the way. I thought they did it pretty effortlessly, and I think that's in part because they had been together so long in the other realms, but the tendency then is to forget to navigate those other realms. So you come together in that huge union, but then you see each other, so you always talk. It's like when my twin flame said to me, would you stop repeating what we said in those other realms? Like, that's stupid. So that the beauty and the effortlessness that they moved through that, I was impressed with. And I was thinking that, and this springboards us into another topic, and eventually I'll let you speak, Zach. I was thinking that in the screen and then also in the world, one of the things that bonded them is they had a purpose. They had to fight. They had to get Wolfgang free, and they had to fight the BPO, so deciding if you, you know, 
had dirty socks on the floor or you chewed too loud at the dinner table wasn't really that important because you have a bigger picture. So I think that played into the effortlessness. It would be cool to explore that further when things were settled. Yeah, I just don't think they had time. No, I know. In this, right. in this, they, they didn't. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out. Yeah. I thought it was, um, but then also pointing out that don't we do that sometimes? Sometimes we like drama. We like something to fight. We, As humans, when we come together in a war or in a, a crisis situation, there's bonding that happens. And, and that might be why we as humans keep repeating that storyline. That, that was actually in the, the episode that was mentioned. Oh, really? What yeah. It's um, Angelica was talking about how pain brings us together when she oh, was right. using the, when she was creating the new device and she used the, um, defibrillator pads. Mm -hmm. That was part of the dialogue that she was talking about. Right. And so that was the pain that she shocked herself. She was able to find, um, her, I believe it was her son, like one of her cluster's mm -hmm. sons to find him. Right. So I think, you know, when we go deeper, that's a whole thing we could explore. And then as humans, how do we have that? Because that happens just in regular earthly relationships. I mean, how many times are friendships based on helping people through problems or having similar problems? Yeah, I, I personally think that um, being dramatic and commiserating, coming together uh -huh. over misery together, is just a habit. I really think it is kind of ingrained into us culturally because even though when you're ready to dismiss drama from your life, <laughs> some and you do very successfully, I might, I might add, I, I've done that for myself, um, subconsciously things pop up every once in a while. And it's like, oh, man, this is stupid. Why, why is this, like, who cares? Like, this is just <laughs> dumb. Why is this even an issue? The subconscious is like, yo, remember me? It's like, I sure do. Let's have some drama-free world. So anyway, I just think it's a habit uh, to, to kick on a collective level. That makes sense. I agree. And it was interesting all the partners were accepting also and learning from the scenario. And I guess they had enough evidence by the time they were brought into it. I mean, Amanita was accepting the whole time. but She had some awesome parents. <laughs> she did. She did. So talking about the pain and the struggle, we've got the whole segment of cleaning up the BPO. That went very fast. Mm -hmm. But there was so much humor in it. Like you said, you felt nostalgic because it was kind of like when someone does like a slideshow for... A high school graduation to me. I was like, oh, yeah, we remember that joke. Oh, sure. And we were also brought in like and it also reminds me of like Star Wars or some of the epic movies that have gone on for generations and you have to have watched them to know the jokes. And it's like we were insiders. Right. We were insiders and that felt good. And we we all want that. We all want to be a part of it. And so I thought it was awesome to have that reminiscent 
we're all in this together kind of yeah that was probably jokes. my favorite thing about this one of one of the my my favorite things there's a couple but just again they spread the love so much and love. i love that they <laughs> spread the love oh my god it's awesome uh it's just the cuz the, the uproar in the auditorium when sub characters got on you know the supporting characters got on was just like yes because we love them and we want to see them even if they got in just for a split second they're part of the family and we got to yeah they got to be there and that was just awesome maximilian was saying she couldn't even hear her own lines and she knew what they were because <laughs> there was such an applaud you yeah. know so that that was really cool and fun so going into the BPO and that cleaning up of that, and this gets into what I talked about in our other episode where I woke up at night and went, ah, <laughs> this, this is cool. But I, it, it was in, but there's more to talk about before I go to that. So there's the layers. I just have to say, I was right about Jonas the whole time. <laughs> Get that out there. <laughs> but you didn't know until the very end. You oh, really, I knew. You knew. I knew. But the audience, even no, when Jonas audience. escapes capture, you're like, oh no, what's Jonas going to do? Yeah, and it's wild because I was so bonded to Jonas that I did not have that. I mean, in our evaluations when you would argue and stuff and we would hear the other side, I'm like, yeah, she could go there. But maybe I was committed to Lana's message as much as Jonas. Like I just knew... I mean, I talked about that in one of our earlier episodes. If he wasn't good, it would be bad for humanity because his message was trust yourself. And so maybe my faith was in Lana versus in Jonas. But even character. Will couldn't trust Jonas, and that was his instinct. I know, or maybe but it I'm wasn't just, because he didn't shoot him. He did trust. I mean, he never gave up his trust for him. Right. He's the one that Jonas kept talking to he's the one that knew that will might have doubted along the way because he had to be careful but and and for will that was real life that wasn't trusting in lana to tell the right story <laughs> you know i was just trusting in lana but i but jonas jonas is the jonas that i knew in my heart i trusted my heart the whole time and jonas was jonas it's good that you trusted his wisdom he taught you well young grasshopper <laughs> So that was awesome. I mean, it was a shortened, again, shortened storyline of it. It was kind of like, boom, boom, boom. You know, we had people in here. It was all fixed. It, it would have been a really cool storyline. And there was so much blowing up and fighting and kind of wiped people out really quick. Yeah, they didn't have time. No, they didn't have... <laughs> 29 days to get this done, right? They're like, mm, let's blow one helicopter. Let's do this. All right. But even that was fun. Yeah. But and but well, the okay. rocket launcher was nostalgic, right? right? Like that was right one of the things. But the thing is that it was to me. There's there's a deeper association with that too because first of all, it it did clear out the negative energies within BPO, but didn't shut BPO down. It brought it back to its original, where the government can work with the sensates. And want the highest good. So that was awesome. Irsa still had a little edge to her. And, and that part was important, too, because Irsa and Jonas were working for the same goal, right? They had the same desire. 
They both had different paths to get there. They both kept their own secrets for their own reasons. And during the episodes, they couldn't see each other as being on the same team because they were taking different means to the end, which seemed to conflict with each other at times. That is so important right now in our world because when you look at the way people are fighting, um, when it comes to politics, belief systems, and forgetting that we m we're still on the same team and not being able to sit back and say, what, are we actually trying to get to the same end goal through different means? And can we support each other? So I just think that taking the time to show that was really an important reflection for us as well. Yeah, it's um, learning that just because you're for something doesn't mean you're against something else. Exactly. Right, and getting to those means um, first, perhaps, to, you know, if there's a competition versus like the, the, the versus, one versus the other. Right. And Jonas might have been trying to just... I don't know, it, because of the shortened plot, Jonas, might, they, Jonas and Angelica might have been trying to just explode. I mean, I guess that's the metaphor, right? The BPO, where Irsa was trying to convert it back to its original. So again, different, seemingly different end results, but really they're trying to create peace amongst the human the sapiens and the sensoriums. So, yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, so this whole blowing up and all the the explosions and the quick cleaning out of the um, other side or whatever, there's a part of me that was like, oh, hero's journey, which we'll get to at the end because um, that's one of my things. You know I fall asleep when there's a lot of explosions. And fighting and I do, but there wasn't it wasn't any action. She just goes to sleep. <laughs> I do. But I didn't. That's good. It's not long enough to do that. But what it reminded me of, it reminded me of video games, which remind me of an area in the world of my meditation. So I have this whole system, the conscious meditation where we navigate different realms to help learn how to live from that space. And with your imagination, there's this one realm and within it, there's the pristine black Canyon and the lessons that we learn energetically from going in there in meditations are important lessons about not being too attached to staying alive, about remembering that you might be on like, so we get all uptight about war, and I don't like war. I think it's stupid, and I don't think it works, and it hasn't worked for a long time, so why do we care, right? Or why do we keep doing it? At the same time, I don't really believe we die at death. So if somebody dies, it's not the end, and therefore it may not be as big of a deal so killing an enemy isn't as effective as we think it is because you can't kill energy. Energy is never ending. So the black 
Kianian energy is where we get to kind of play with that dark energy and explore the explosions. And I'm not being able to express it all, but I saw that in it. I saw right within the middle of this that, okay, like, let's just have fun with the blowing up and clean this out. And remember, as humans or sensoriums, how silly all this is. Like, because they did it, but it wasn't all heavy. And it was just like, boop, here we go. We'll blow this up. It was pretty quick. It was. And also... Angelica got an Uzi. That was cool. She's all... She got some action in the show because it was a, a flashback. Yeah. So she got to be got awake, to see a little bit of <laughs> <Not> that. <dead. laughs> right. That, her storyline a little bit more. Yeah, that was cool. She rocked that out, by the way. Like, she one-handed that thing and was very accurate. It was badass. Like, she was a pimp with that, <laughs> with that uh, submachine gun for sure. Which is awesome because you've got the the female mother figure type person in that role. But um, when it was canceled, and I've said this before, but my very first reaction, you know exactly where I was sitting when I heard, and my first reaction was like, ah. But then I thought my second very flash reaction was if this went on for five seasons and it became more mainstream, if they had to compromise and it only became the same old story about fighting the government, you know, and all the other magic went away, that would be sadder to me than a cancellation. So some of the brilliance about this is it can't go that way now. Like, it's done. Like, blown up. There are subtleties that could continue with BPO and nuances, but that epic fight can't be drawn out for other seasons. You know, even say we have seasons, it's like Lana's like, nope, we're going in a different direction now. And so that was exciting to me. Cool. Yeah. So there were things I wanted to know about it, but in the realm of all that is important, they weren't that important. There's way more important aspects to Sensei than that storyline. Yeah, I was, I kind of thought it was a little, it was cool with the rocket launcher because, you know, it's kind of a signature um, weapon in the show. So that part was fun, but I, I, I was, it's kind of anti, you know, it's what you expect. It's pretty anticlimactic. But then I was like, okay, so it's probably over, right? Because, you know, BPO's over, they're going to celebrate or whatever. But then I was so excited to watch more Sense8. It didn't matter what it was. I was mm-hmm. just like, great. The show is going to, like, I get more. And it's because I loved all the characters. Right. It's because I the the love for everything that was brought in and how they spread it around. I could have just watched. Maybe it didn't have to be a war. Maybe I could have just watched whatever. I'm not really one of those people to watch shows. Um but these, I could have just watched these people just live life, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. I know they make it exciting, but it was just great that um, the show got to continue after that little plot got wrapped up. Exactly. So that's what I talk about when I woke up and, well, right before I fell asleep and I went, oh my God, you know, because we've talked about the hero's journey being old and there has to be something above it and what comes next. And after the hero's journey 
is creation, just creating, the journey of creating. So when I had that aha moment, it was to the final scene. But it's really all of it. It's what you said. It's someone who's used to video games and actions and fast blowing up, just like you, going, yeah, I'd want to sit down and just watch life and love and see where that goes and and create and stay with it. To be able to do that created a bridge. Like now my heart, I'm almost back to that moment that night. My heart's like exploding because just like we've been talking about that a lot with our storyline and our book, we want to, our first one was going to make the bridge because you have to meet people where they are. And we're so attached to that hero's journey that we have to get people along. So they'll be like, yeah, I do care about these people. Let's see where we can go now. So to me, the orgy at the end um, represents, well, the wedding does too, right? The wedding was creative. It was just bringing everybody back. We're going to dive in a little bit more to that, but I'm kind of just sticking with this theme here. So we go to that creation energy, sexual energy is creation energy. And when you take these orgies that are not physical orgies, those are energetic orgies. So that's a step up from just you and me, physical people having sex and tapping into creation energy. We're already expanding it more into the creation energy and we're expanding out and we're expanding out. So that final scene is pure creation cluster explosion and gentleness and creative source energy just intermingling with each other. And it sets the stage to move humanity from the hero's journey to the creator's journey. I agree. So now that I got there, and we can go back to the wedding, but there's a lot in that final scene because not only did we add more, we expanded it out because... There were more partners in it, but there's something that I need to explore further because I don't know how many other people, but we do know Bug was in that. And if Bug was in there, and my memory is he wasn't in having sex with anyone else, that has a message within itself because he tapped into that energy so far up until this point, the only people tapping into that energy were from the cluster or involved in the sexual act with a cluster member. So having somebody in that frequency with them either means he was a sensate or it's expanding out. It's a story. Like, it's a setup for a story of something. I don't know if there were others. I can't wait to find out and figure that out a little bit more for what was being set up. That was one of my favorite scenes in the show, actually, and it was because of the music. Mm-hmm. Those viol- The violin started and just the cinematography and everything, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Yeah. And Are you tearing up? No, <laughs> okay. I am not. It was really beautiful, though. And, um, yeah, I didn't think that that was going to be the final scene, that they were going to end with that. But Yeah, I, I really didn't think they were either. It's such a perfect symbol of that bridge and going into a new creative realm, to me anyway. So that was awesome. 
So if we back up a little bit, hit the wedding. What a fun way to bring everyone together. Because so not only did they have to get creative with this, we wanted to see every, everyone had to have their their time on the screen in this two and a half hours um, because we don't know what's happening, you know. And yeah, poor Lido, his character didn't get much at all in this episode. He got to show up, yeah, and do some exercises. <laughs> I mean, he, he did have a, a really important role when it came to um, creating a distraction at the end. <laughs> that was really funny too. With the whole like, hey, those guys are terrorists. <laughs> that right. was that was really fun. Yeah, it is fun. But yeah, yeah. Everyone d- couldn't have too much time. Right. Wolfgang got a lot of the time for the backstory, but <laughs> he got to lay on the bed and pat the bed. That was epic too. Yeah, that was a good line <laughs> <laughs> or a good scene. Yep. So there's that too, and that was so important because humanness societiness everybody's like thinking we have to choose between wolfgang and rajan and one of them has to be the bad guy or something you know why why can't there be three right like they already explore that with hernando lito and daniela right that was such a great like brilliance right like Surprise people again. Like, you don't have to choose. Let's end this storyline now. That's not how love works. Love has no boundaries. Love is love is love. Love loves and it does not discriminate. Yes. So that was really very cool. And I loved how gently um, Rajan and Wolfgang started to love each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and just have that respect. That was very cool. And then there was that line. Michael talked to us about being in the car. So in my head, remember Michael said in um, his episode with us that one of his favorite scenes, that he nailed that, he got the thumbs up. Yeah. And the car with Kala and that somebody else was stuck around the other part of the country and couldn't get there. So I was like, oh, was that like Jella? Right? Like who else would have been driving Kala, you know? So, um, if it was Paul, we wish you were there, but Michael, you nailed it. (laughs) So that was a really powerful scene. I can see why that was exciting to him to play that scene. And then the wedding being that backdrop for everyone to come together. At first I was like, well, this makes sense for us because we want to see everyone, but does it make sense that Nomi would invite everybody's other people to her wedding? And then I'm like, Oh, yeah, because she is them, right? So they may not have known her. (laughs) Like, they might have been like, why am I going to France for this wedding? But. Well, it's like when Cappius meets Felix for the first time. Like, that's like Felix has no idea what this guy just picks him up and bear hugs him and looks him. And it's like, what's going on? Like, I don't, I've never met this man, but. Caffius knows all about Felix and how important he is. Exactly. So it was, you know, it's good. Yeah. So that's kind of what the wedding was, right. which you, we didn't get to see all of that, but that would have been an incredible wedding to be out because people would be like, it probably oh, could have been a whole episode just oh, yeah. on the wedding alone. You could do lots. Yeah, for sure. So I want to find out what book I know they show the book. But I didn't obviously get that down in that 
split second. So I have to find out what book bonded Nomi and Needs together in the first in their first encounter because that feels like it's an important message to us. And then there's the um, there was some just I don't know that wedding. Obviously, I have to watch that scene again. But Cavius has a line about so you pointed out that the one that marries them, we didn't talk about Irsa. Well, well, little Irsa and then the person who is the daughter of the founder. Who River. Had, River. So, I mean, so I thought that was interesting because I'm noticing the Doctor Who connections and there's River Sun in Doctor Who. And this person is River. So I thought that was interesting. Not that it couldn't just be a coincidence. But anyway, Cavie has mentioned something about his politics and hers and the coming together so that's just a little nugget of how they're going to work together in the future. And then there's the scene with Sandra as Janet. It, it, it Jan- was a crowd favorite scene. Yeah. And I think so to me, I guess, I mean, it was fun to have the fairies come back. I mean, I guess to me, it's just as simple as when we drop our our inhibitions and relax love penetrates but the understanding of no me meaning no me k-n-o-w me and then her just saying that's a great name like knowing someone being able to know someone at their core is beautiful yeah it was good yeah it was good Nomi was a little like what just happened right i was actually for a split second, I was worried for Janet because she grabbed that second brownie and I was like, no, don't eat it. I've had too many brownies before and it's not fun. So, and then when she gave it to her husband, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so, and then there were the vows, which was a beautiful setup for a, a summary. I remember, I don't really remember. I remember being... This time, which was kind of cool, way more touched at, at what Amanita said than Nomi. And mm-hmm. Nomi's gotten a lot of those lines before. So it was kind of cool to have Amanita have them this time. Yeah, I thought I, I I personally am not a fan of the marriage, but I really did appreciate the vows in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a marriage for... um a couple that has had to fight for the ability to get married and the legal, you know, we always say there's, there's legal benefits to that as well. So I think our perspective of marriage, having it always available to us as heterosexuals. Yeah. I'm sure it's way different. Would be way different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just not for me. Right. But I, I, I could appreciate what was going on. So anything else about the episode, Zach, that you can think of? Oh, there's so much, but then there was so much that was so quick, that was sad. Like I said, I was completely satisfied with everything they had to accomplish in such a short period of time in the show. Like, I just have to go back and watch the little tiny things. Um, Like, for example, in the very beginning of the episode, like I said, I really couldn't focus very well, but I believe Leto gets fired. Like, Daniela helps him get fired or whatever. But it's such a quick... Like, there's a bunch of one-liners that wrap up all these stories. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch stuff. We didn't even talk about the 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 space between spaces, right? Right. Like, we haven't even... There's so much. And we're going to talk about this stuff. 
Um, but it was just, it, there, it, it went so fast. Right. But I think that that's important before we go into the next segment to talk about how, how much openings there are. That space between space is a whole nother realm to be explored. Yeah, a whole nother storyline. Um, so when we're looking at this and seeing where the story can go and in a lot of, and we're going to go right into this, but there's closure and then there's opening, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the cluster is still open. The relationships are still open. Cavia's career, the BPO working together. I mean, Cavia's that you could make a whole show out of his story arc, right? Just him alone, right? And then Bug being in the cluster orgy, that piece. Um, Rajan did not. There was one line that referenced the pharmaceuticals, but I missed it. I know I was like, oh, that's the line about the pharmaceuticals, but I didn't catch it. But there's still that story that could be explored because it wasn't like closed up. I I don't know if they can go back because when we left it, there was a there was a little bit of animosity as, as an audience member. I think there was some animosity because we knew he was up to or we thought he was up to some very shady stuff. Right, but he could be. It could still be explored with him having made a shift. Right. And then how does he deal with that? But we all kind of love him now, right? Right, like, but he could have made it yeah. from this perspective. It's still There's still room to see a little bit more about that storyline. If he and Kafias work together to clear it out, you know, because it was multi-country. Oh, yeah, really cool. uh, and then Sun and her brother, we don't know. We know she's no longer a fugitive. Oh, to me, her, I know... She kind of made a commitment to kill her brother. Like, that was her intention. But her one promise was to her dog. So I was really happy that I she I think a lot of people were happy the puppy we got to see. To be. the dog. Um, and we know that she could go back. And her name was cleared, but we don't know what happened to her brother. So that could still be explored. I mean, time is time. You can flash back and do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I thought Whispers was a badass bad guy. I thought he was really interesting, really cool. You could tell why they called him a monster, because he killed his his cluster, his brothers and sisters, and he's still connected to his mom. So I think exploring Whispers yeah. would have been actually interesting. Oh, yeah, that would have throughout been the story really arc. huge. Really and, cool. Yeah. And then his mom in that realm, and they're... They were living in a frequency and they were, they had created a frequency they could live in. And then they were remaining in peace. But then the younger person said, sometimes we have to take action. And she ended up fighting. So now fighting's kind of infiltrated that, that frequency that they're living in or the concept of when do you take action and what do you do next? So huge Huge opening for story in there, too. Mm-hmm. So lots of possibilities. So, Sheila, where do we go from here? So... Where do the fans go? Where does Sense8 go? Where where do we go as people? Okay, so my thinking, building up to this, and I don't, like we said, we're recording this before it came out, so we don't know how you're feeling. We don't know what's trending after the special comes out or how people are reacting to each other 
what I've noticed leading up to it is a lot of emotion and kind of that Irsa Jonas thing, like people are wanting, they want the story. They want this in real life. They want to live it. They want Lana to be able to tell her story. Like these are things we all want. We want the love we felt, the connection we felt. We want all of that. And some people are fighting for season three. Some people are planning to cancel their Netflix subscription. Some people are trying to promote the show and have its closure and leave space to move on. Whatever, there's there's tension between. And then I have seen a couple people and talked to a couple people who saw the screening in Chicago and felt a sadness, like a grieving, because it's it's never going to be like it was exactly. That's okay, that's impossible. Sure. So I do think that we have to give ourselves some time to grieve what might have been, because no matter what happens moving forward, there's there's been a shift. There's been a transformation that occurred. And whenever we have a transformation like that, there's possibility and there's grief. And we have to honor both of those things. Having said that, this is where I, these are my, this is where I am with things. Okay. So in our episode with Michael Summers, he shared the story about Lana telling the cast at the closure of the, the final scene, the wrap up dinner or whatever, that this story is 20 years beyond its, before its time, which I relate to deeply. So for me, my intention is keep the story alive long enough so that it's accessible in 20 years. I'm going to keep working at making that gap shorter. Like, I don't want it to be 20 years, maybe 10, maybe five, maybe three. I want to see the world be ready for it sooner and I'm going to do everything I can. But knowing that the world is going to have to catch up to that, my intention, my goal, and I think yours, Zach, because we've committed to keeping the podcast going, is to keep the story available. So the idea of canceling Netflix, obviously we can't. That was never an option for us because we're going to continue the podcast and that's more important to us than canceling the the subscription. I think things like that sometimes make an impact, you know, and so people who want to cancel Netflix to make a statement, that's fine, but continuing to watch it is what's going to keep it on. Like we need it accessible for people, right? So if it doesn't get watched, it doesn't go anywhere. And if people can't watch it, then nothing more can come of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. For me, I really, I just, I guess I have to make this, uh, I'm going to agree, Sheila, with you. You know, we, you just have to follow your heart and whatever true love means to you in the direction you need to go with, with the essence of love. Um, then, then do that. And I've talked about, we've talked about death in length so far mm-hmm. on this podcast. And for me personally, one of the things that I have come to self realize and self actualize is gratitude, gratitude that sense eight was a thing. I got to be alive. I got to be part of it. 
and I can celebrate the fact that it exists in this reality. So to me, it's this joyful celebration, and I'm not really grieving because I'm so grateful. Um, and that helps me personally to um, work through. It is sad, but it's it's beautiful. It was. I don't. I know we have that expression that things were are ahead of their time, but they are the they're the like the the light that that sparkle of light that just like cracks through the darkness, so the rest of the light can just come through. So to me, I'm just very grateful that um, my my whole sensei experiencing and meeting wonderful people. I mean, it's just been such a unique experience. So that's, that's my thing. I just, um, if you can follow suit and you can just be in so much gratitude and joy and celebration of this is a thing. <laughs> Holy shit. This fucking happened. It's epic. You know, that, that idea when I talked about it in the last episode where, you know, this person talked about the people in China and how they're oppressed with love and just, we, you know, as a culture, we were there not so long ago, so to speak, and here we are. We're celebrating love in this form on a screen all over the world. That is something to cherish. Right. And I don't think Sensei can die. Like, that's the point, right? And and to me, and this, so to me, putting my attention, and I'm going to keep going with where my attention is going to be, that doesn't mean I don't think the story will continue. I don't think that necessarily trying to strong arm Netflix to put the story on, like it needs to be told in a frequency that's right. So whatever the network, whatever um, Netflix does, Lana and her team have to work in a frequency match. When they started with Netflix, it was a frequency match, and they were able to bring this forward. Lana's not going to compromise. I don't think Lana's going to compromise anymore. If she Why ever did, would she? right? She doesn't need to. She's here now to tell her story, and that's it. She doesn't. She doesn't need to produce. She needs to create, and so she's going to. So something in the universe has to open up to give her that platform. Or she needs a break. I mean, she said she needs a break. So this story isn't going to continue tomorrow, right? She's not ready to get on with Netflix next week and start another season. Doesn't mean the story can't continue in another form on that platform or in another platform when the time's right. So me putting my attention on the things I'm going to talk about doesn't mean that people can't put their attention on on moving forward with more seasons. And me putting my attention on this doesn't mean that I'm not holding space for the story to continue in the form that's perfect. I right now sound like I'm in a coaching session because I feel like I talk about this a lot with my clients. So, you know, this is what you want in life. And here's what you have right now. And here's how to bring joy and to live in your highest form right now, the universe isn't going to mix that up and think that that doesn't mean that you still don't want the other thing. So it's safe to just place your attention where you feel like you need to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Right. I don't know um, if it makes sense to everyone because that's like a condensed thing. People in coaching with I'm gonna, me. I'm going to butcher 
uh, I'm not even going to try to quote the whole thing. I used to have it memorized. It's one of my favoriteest quotes ever because it touches my heart so much. But Marianne Williamson, she has this quote, and it's basically about we're af- we're not afraid of, of fear. We're afraid of the power within ourselves, the light. And yeah, the we're love. more that afraid is, of our own light than we are right. of the darkness and, or the, the power. And when we stand light. in that light, we give permission to others to do the exact same thing. Lana and her team just handed out a fuckload of permission slips for everybody on this planet to stand up and make beautiful art. I am really excited to see what comes of this, whether it's Sense8 or something else that was inspired by Sense8, because that it's going to be a chain reaction. Right. And it just gets better. Like we're looking at Sense8 going, this is fucking amazing. How can it get any better? But that's what creation does. Creation right, just keeps just getting the better. Right. She just created the bridge. It is a masterpiece. It is amazing. But we're we're going we're gonna keep going. Right, right. So here's my list of what I'm doing. I'm keeping Netflix. I'm gonna keep watching it. I have to keep watching it because we're keeping up with the podcast. We're still on season one, so we have to go back from this hugeness to go through the series still. So, you know, next week it's starts back up although we have some interviews to do too i'm gonna follow james and i'm gonna spread the good word whenever i can i'm going to continue to embody the message like you know we started this podcast because i had already dedicated we had already dedicated our lives to the message we saw in sensei now we have another format you were just saying yesterday and i too like I can't, it's almost like, I can't believe how often I reference ne- Sense8 uh, now. It drives me nuts. I'm going to be really honest, but there's so much goodness. It's like, there really is. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a language it's within itself. So exactly. it's easy when you've got other people who've watched it to be able to be like, oh, yeah, that scene, you know, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm going to make all my clients watch it because it'll make my job easier. <laughs> I'm going to keep promoting the Sense8 cons. I mean, I think... To me, I think keeping it alive and showing the world that it deserves more, whatever that means, and keeping it available. We know we have more Sense8 cons coming up, one in Paris and one in Germany. We're hoping we're going to help promote them. We're hoping to get to at least the German one. But but the more you can create, the murals like Maximilian yes. and everyone working, the more art the more fan art that we can keep creating, the more fan fiction that gets out there, the more people going to Comic-Con dressed as the characters and showing that in the world. I'm a mom of someone who has been going to Comic-Cons since he was young, and so I know a little bit about the power of that world and how they share the culture with each other. We've also got, you know, I, I mean, I raised two Doctor Who fans and that connection. Like, so take this and if you already know these other, you know, if you already have explored the world of fandom in other areas, mimic that or or go explore it so you can, but... Think about also Doctor Who and the brilliance of it. And I don't think it's a coincidence that there's more than... There's Freema, and I'm sorry, I don't know the man's name, and he's 
Super famous, do you know? Yes, I don't. The Scottish um, sensei, the older man, he was actually one of the Doctor Who's, right? Yeah, I believe it was the seventh one. So we've got this bleed over from Doctor Who, and that's not... Which spanned generations. Which it did. It spanned generations. And part of it is because the fandom committed to the storyline they created. They created a, a... a formula that allowed it to go through generations and allowed actors to keep moving on. And I feel like that's a little bit what the, this episode did is it set up that possibility because clusters can be told actors, humans have to live their life. We can't contain a human to a story forever, but the story can keep growing. But what, you know, the, the things that kept Doctor Who going for so many generations was the fans committed from it. And I believe that there was a huge gap. So there, it was the originals and then the remix continued it on. I think there was a, a, a gap in between. Keep the community alive. So people have come to Twitter, come to Facebook because of this. And and the fight to get more episodes. And you can still keep fighting for that. That's fine. But whether you've concluded that it's not going to happen or you're tired or whatever, don't leave the fandom, the community. That community generates an energy that has an impact. And we don't know where it's going to go yet, right? So we talked about in this episode... The cluster came together to fight the BPO, but now there's all this other stuff that can happen now that they've done that and that they're together. So as a fandom, what can we do and where can we put our attention now? Yeah, if you have any suggestions for that, please share those with us on Twitter. Yeah, and the other things that I'm thinking is stay open to it coming in forms you haven't imagined. Lana is brilliant, right? She's... I know Ethan was going to be like, she's just a human. (laughs) (laughs) She has divine inspiration, and I know what that means. So she's getting information and guidance, and she knows how to follow it, and she can push beyond our imagination. So don't hold her back. Let her support her. Trust her. Let her move this wherever it needs to go and follow along and in the form that it takes. That's what I want to do. Right. And she did mention she loves all forms of art and story arcs and, and everything. She just doesn't like to do one thing either. She likes to do many things because she's a very talented individual who's, uh, as Sheila and I believe, is divinely guided. She's very, she's like a, very inspired to do what she does. Right. And then support the cast members as they go out and other things. And I know sometimes you might feel a conflict. Well, if they commit to this, I don't want to support this because I want them back as that character. And if this other show is successful, then they won't be available. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. No, you can go. Oh, I was like, if the 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 more support we can give this cast and crew, the more people are going to look at Sense8. And if Sense8 comes back in whatever form and they're part of it, they've just gathered so many more fans from whatever it is they're doing because they've had so much support. It's it's um, like attracts like. It's very simple. So support them in the way that you feel necessary. But to continue to give the love and spread the love, it's contagious. 
And whenever they come back, and even if it doesn't come back, people are going to go, oh, who's who's this new guy on LA Confidential? He's kind of handsome. What else has he done? And then they're like, what's Sensei? Oh, hey, check this out. You know, that's people are going to keep coming back because of these up, up and coming actors and actresses and um, people in the industry behind the scenes. People, these are good people doing great things in the industry and people are going to take note and see what they've done and where they've come from because we're curious like that. So it's just going to perpetuate what is sense eight. So keep that in mind. (laughs) Right. So that's a very practical reason. And I definitely wanted to point that out. I think you did an awesome job of doing that, Zach. There's another reason that I'm excited. I like the abstract. These actors were changed. They were transformed. First of all, they were handpicked as awesome people then the experience transformed them. Now they're infusing that into other arts. So I'm really excited to see how these other shows that may seem more mainstream get infused just by the very essence of them being in them. Right. It's like that's exciting. To Lana me. was like, all right, team. You don't know this yet, but I'm going to go produce a bunch of Sense8 homosensorium agents and put you out through the entire industry, and nobody's going to know. <laughs> and then kaboom. That, that, like I said, it, love is contagious. You know, Positivity is contagious, and it's just going to spread, and that's awesome. Right. And we're not going anywhere. Zach and I are here to stay. We don't know where it's going to go. We know we're going through all the episodes. We know we have more and more actors and crew and, and staff that are wanting to be on the show. We know that we're dedicated to helping the world live as sensoriums. So stay with us. So, ride the right. Gym. The concept of our show is live sensate. So all of these concepts that we talk about and we touch upon can be completely expanded. Like we've really just hit the tip of the iceberg when talking about this stuff in relationship to the show. But for example, if we have other experts come in and and we interview people about topics about being a human being and the spectrum that it includes that, that we find interesting. So if you have any suggestions personally, or you want to hear about a particular topic that Sense8 touches on in the realm of being a a really awesome human being, then please let us know because your feedback is important to us and we'll see what we can do. Yeah. And so the reason you love, and I'm projecting, obviously everyone has their individual reason, but I think the reason we love art is because the way it makes us feel. So with that in mind, the reason that we love Sense8 is because it gives us that notion that we can live, that we can feel included, that we can live beyond the mundane, that there's wonder and magic in life that maybe we've been missing, that we can be accepted, that we can find love in multiple forms. And it's that feeling that's invoked in you that you're primarily in love with. The story is awesome. It helps us feel that we're dedicated to help you translate that into the experience of it in your life. That's what Live Sense8 is intending all the time. So whether we fill the gap until another season comes out or 
we are here and then a new project comes from Lana and we go explore that, we're just going to take this journey wherever it leads us. And so come along, share the good news, and let's enjoy. And don't forget, Lana said she's tired. Let's send her all so much love and gratitude. She asked us to remember the people within the Netflix and let's send love wherever we can. And we'll be back with a deeper dive into this after we've had a chance to explore the episode. So we're going to just talk a little business right in front of you here. But Zach, I'm thinking it would be cool with the momentum and the energy as if we do a deeper dive as soon as we can in the next few weeks and then go back and revisit it after we've gone through all the episodes rather than waiting months. Do you agree with that? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys. Enjoy your day and we will see you again next week. Thank you very much for spending your time with us here today. We really do appreciate it. And we really want your feedback on where the show is going to go. So please, if you have suggestions, we will consider them. If you have comments, give us a little love on Twitter at live underscore sense eight, or you can send us an email at team at livesense8.com. You can support the show, grab some extra perks. We have extended episodes available. We have some classes and much more over on patreon.com forward slash livesense8. And I want to give a big shout out to our editor, Sarah Applegate. Thank you very much. And until next time, live that sense8 way. Thank you.